0: Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us from the Weekly Standard up on Capitol Hill is Steve Hayes. And Steve, I think it's safe to say it has not been a good couple of days for President Obama's reputation, given the number of the people who have fought and served with him inside the White House are now raising questions about his leadership.
1: Right, exactly. And Leon Panetta, his former Secretary of Defense and former director of the CIA, is is the latest and I think in, in some respects the most damaging to the president uh, in part because Panetta served in both of those jobs in part because he's been seen as a loyal Democrat if not uh, you know not a partisan necessarily but somebody who's respected and well liked um, by Republicans and Democrats and uh, the, the, the fact that he's offered um, sort of unrelenting criticism and specific criticism of specific discussions with uh, evidence to back it up, I think, makes it very difficult for the White House.
0: Well, there's some other evidence coming out of uh, Syria itself as ISIS is either on the verge or has taken that that uh, border town uh, with uh, Turkey. Turkey sitting on the sidelines insisting they want America to lead. And America, if I understand the White House, Steve, tell me if I'm wrong, basically hands on its hips looking at Turkey going, well, you ought to be solving this problem.
1: Right. I mean, it comes at a bad time for the White House as uh, it makes its argument that the coalition is is strong and determined to defeat ISIS. When you have uh, Turkey apparently unwilling to, to do much of anything at all uh, to stop what looks to be uh, a potential slaughter, maybe an ongoing slaughter uh, in Kobani, that's problem number one. But I think the other problem that the White House is facing, and we may be just the front end of this is that some of the very people who were on board with the administration who recognized that that this was something that needed to be done, that the United States needed to take the fight to ISIS, uh, who serve in the administration or in the military, are uh, raising additional questions about just how committed the White House and the administration is to fighting this fight. We've had 373 airstrikes so far, according to Bill Roggio of Longmore Journal, uh, who writes sometimes for the Weekly Standard. And uh, that level of activity, uh, particularly when you have news cameras out videoing um, you know, ISIS vehicles operating freely in and around Kobani and elsewhere, uh, just doesn't inspire much confidence. And I think that that's a problem now with the public, but also with Um, members of the military whose job it is is to fight this war.
0: So is it a reasonable assertion that the people who are around the president in the military aren't certain that he's going to follow through on the mission, as Panetta suggested, and that the people in Turkey and in the region are saying we share the same concerns, you go first, and, and once we see you lead, then we'll know you'll, you'll be ready to lead. And if those two things are true, Steve, that really does add the weight of evidence behind the opinions that uh, Panetta expressed in his book and in the O'Reilly interview.
1: Yeah, it does. And, and I think, you know, it's to me at least, it's not so much that this is something new as it is a confirmation or a manifestation of the kinds of concerns that many people raised at the outset. I mean, you know, the president announced, in effect, that we were willing to, to engage in in some military combat, but only from the air, only by way of uh, airstrikes, and announced that we would be putting no boots on the ground, and implored our allies or erstwhile allies to to in effect be the stand-in ground troops for the United States, which right from the start signaled that he was sort of half in and half not and i think we're seeing that again and we're seeing the the repercussions of it i mean its the biggest problem is if the president announces this and it fails uh i think it's bad enough to to um, have allowed the problem to fester as long as it did but to announce it and have the united states fail in its efforts because uh, of a lack of will on the part of the president, I think would be a major, major problem.
0: It was interesting today to hear the White House, which had at least there were people in the uh, in the military end of things in Washington saying we absolutely can't let uh, ISIS take the city. We can't have them share a border with Turkey. We can't open up ISIS connections from Turkey to to Iran. We can't have that happen. And then today, when it looked like the city was, Kobani was essentially lost, Steve, the message was, ah, we never were. One town, one city. We're not fighting this town by town. We have a bigger, broader, macro, you know, uh, warrior strategy we're working on. Right. I mean, it was interesting.
1: General Martin Dempsey, who's not exactly uh, been one to directly confront or challenge the administration and and the way that it's chosen to go about fighting this non war war, said, in effect, what we're seeing in Kobani uh, shows us directly the limitations of an airstrike-only campaign. And that was a pretty significant admission. My concern about the, uh, the potential fall of, of Kobani is actually more psychological. I mean, you know, on, on a humanitarian level, you're talking about potentially thousands of people dying. But what it says to the, the people on the ground, the people that the president has asked to do the fighting on the ground, to be the ground troops is that the united states uh... isn't committed to winning uh... you know as i say we've had we've had news footage of isis vehicles with the black flags uh... driving in and around the outskirts of Kobani and elsewhere uh... and and we're not seeing them being taken out uh... why is that i mean is it that we don't have the intelligence presumably we do have the intelligence if you've got news cameras filming uh... so is it a lack of will Whatever the answers are, they're not good answers. And they're certainly certain to be, I think, dispiriting and demoralizing for the people who, are, who, who our government is asking to fight on the ground.
0: And, you know, foreign policy obviously matters most on the ground where it's happening, you know, what the conditions on the ground that we help create. But there is an impact politically back here in the United States and in Washington. And I have two questions, Steve. One is, what is the – when you talk to Democrats up in Washington about – kind of the Obama foreign policy where we are. I mean, what do they just shrug and throw up their hands? And the second question is, is is there a a concern among Democrats that this general sense of we really, you know, the gang who can't shoot straight is going to impact elections. It's going to leave the Democratic base uninspired and get Republicans even more anxious and independents more willing to vote for change. Well,
1: I I think there is political concern um, among Democrats for sure. Um, in part because it contributes what we're seeing on the national security and foreign policy fronts, contributes to the broader narrative of incompetence in the Obama White House that I think has been sort of the defining narrative of the second term. In, in terms of, of how Democrats are responding to the things that we're seeing unfold on the ground, I would say there's a split. On the one hand, you have the pacifists, um, sort of the lefty, Um, avoid war at all costs, Democrats, who are unhappy with the president because he's sort of left them. I mean, he was one of them for the better part of of five years, even as he he, uh, launched the surge in Afghanistan, Uh, and even as he he commits to, to end the war in Afghanistan, he ended the war in Iraq. So they're unhappy with him because he's, in effect, gone back to war in Iraq and started some war in in Syria. On the other hand, you have people I would consider to be more responsible Democrats, like a Leon Panetta, someone in the Leon Panetta mold, who are concerned because it's obvious that we're not winning. And, you know, whatever the political ramifications are, that's going to have huge geopolitical and geostrategic ramifications for the country. And it's a bad place to be.
0: But will Democrats be held responsible, do you think, in a month when the voters show up?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know about specific um, Democrats and specific races, but certainly the the overall sense that the president isn't committed to winning this war. You know, he received a a small bump when he gave his speech announcing that he was going to take the fight to terrorists, and that 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 bump in the in the Gallup Daily Tracking Poll has since pretty well dissipated. And you're seeing Democrats having to scramble in individual races. Remember, um, Senator Pryor in Arkansas began the campaign against Representative Tom Cotton, who's a veteran, um, served, served with distinction in Iraq and Afghanistan. Pryor attacked Cotton and tried to portray him as this kind of uber-hawk, out-of-control warmonger uh, with the benefit or with the aid of, of outside groups attacking Cotton in the same manner. Well now, Pryor is scrambling to appear, you know, as hawkish as Cotton, or more hawkish than he had appeared, and I think that just demonstrates in in a pretty clear way just how the political ground has shifted as Americans have woken up to the to the real threat that, that we're seeing from ISIS, from Al Qaeda, and affiliated groups.
0: You've been listening to the Weekly Standard podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.